welcome to Overtime, the podcast. Overtime is a podcast dedicated to all things watches, particularly in the microbrand and affordable range. I'm Praka, and this is my co-host, Justin. We are two watch enthusiasts based out of Perth, Western Australia. Join us as we discuss our thoughts on new releases, share our personal experiences, and offer our insights on building a collection. Whether you're a seasoned enthusiast or just starting your journey, Overtime will keep you entertained with informative insights and casual conversations. Let's get started. So Justin, how you going, mate? Hey, man, I am good. Um, survived the superstorm in quotations, the news was calling it today. Yeah. Um, got, yeah, got a first, yeah, uh, first-hand vision of it myself being kind of caught up in it down south. But apart from that, yeah, good, good day. Yeah. 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 I mean, the... Um, I'm always, uh, skeptical when I, you know, see all these news, um, sort of stories about great storms and stuff like that. Um, but then I saw the, I had a look at the radar and then I was like, oh no, this, this is big. This isn't yeah. some, this isn't some non-story that is trying to hype up. I'm like, this is huge. So yeah, I went out and, um, you know, did my best to put everything in the shed and move stuff inside and tied down the trampoline and stuff just to make sure that it's not going to yet fly off into the neighbor's house. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. Yeah. It's a bit of a day. Like even now looking from my house over the hills, it's, uh, it's flashing away. I was chatting to my parents up in, uh, up in Wheatbelt and they're, yeah, they're right in the thick of it at the mm. moment still. They've been there all day and they said it's windy, it's rainy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it hasn't, it- it's pretty rare we get a full day start to finish because I did a daycare drop off at eight this morning, mm-hmm. a little bit later than usual, but it was bucketing down with the rain. There was lightning. And even, yeah, as we're speaking now, there's still lightning flashing outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's Usually- a pretty, pretty big front, right? Because, yeah. 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 Instead of, I think it's the it size of New South Wales. It was. Yeah, it was a, it was a good size. Like it stretched all the way up from yeah halfway up the coast, even further yeah. north of NWA, and and all the way to the bottom. And I think uh, right down south, Bustleton and Margaret River, they mm. really, really copped it this morning. I was watching the kind of um some of the the zones turn red and and yeah. orange at work and start to see the uh the damage roll through. What we're gonna have to go yes. down and have a look at um, yeah. in, in the coming weeks. So fun too, times. Too right, too right. Um, yeah. So as I mean for all the listeners, um, yeah, uh, weather is a big thing. Uh, in Perth, if you haven't really heard, uh, as in whenever we seem to have any sort of significant weather, uh, which we don't really have as much uh, as other places, I guess, um, thankfully, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, and just the last one on this, um, I don't know, do you remember the, the the great hailstorm of Perth back in 2010? I do remember. We will That's- rebuild. That is, yeah, that that's the reason that um, you know, they they don't take chances. I've actually um spoke to someone at Bomb through my uh, through my work, and that is the reason they over forecast and say it's coming every time. And nine times out of ten, you're in Perth, we get a we get a shower, as the uh the Perthians say, the dome activates. Is the mm. top comment on the uh on the weather pages every week. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's the reason because I remember being uh 15 when that yeah. was, and we were down uh, in Perth for a uh, sports carnival on a, on a bus of about uh 80 students, and you can. Imagine yeah, how crazy that went when we, yeah. when, when we were sitting in traffic on Great Eastern Highway and there was golf ball sized hail. Hails, yeah, jeez. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Can you hear that? The weather's no, just no. right through outside my place now. So, 
Um, that's good. Good that you get, can't hear it. See no, the, I can't uh, hear it. We're all good. <laughs> soundproofing is sort of working, I guess. So. When it moves from your house to mine in about 20 minutes, we'll check this end and, and see if good. it works as good here. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Well, before we crack on with today's episode, uh, you know, as we do always, uh, let's get our wrist checks out of the way. What have you got on, mate? Yeah, so for the gloomy day, I went with the Seiko Speed Timer. So it'd been about a week since so I chucked this on again, uh, mainly due to the type of work I was doing last week. It's the one watch I get a bit nervous about scratching because on a stainless steel, you put a scratch on it, it is noticeable, but not as noticeable as scratching yeah. a black PVD case and maybe getting a big white line or you know a gouge out of it or, or a series of lines. So this is the one I'm actually quite careful with. So when I've got a week of work that yeah. I don't have to do too much you know, to do with uh, any tools, mm-hmm. I'm happy to... Chuck it on. Yeah. But, um, I kind of forget how well it wears. Um, it's it, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful watch. And when you get the loom, uh, you know, the, the, these green indices turn into bright, brighter green indices in the dark. It is a stunning looking chronograph in the dark. Yeah. No, it looks great, mate. It looks great. And there's, uh, yes, it, it's almost alien esque. I like it. Yep. No, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a beautiful watch. But what about yourself? What did you go with today? I also rocked a Seiko today. I'm rocking my faithful. SPB one four three, um, beautiful job. Yep, uh, like I said, my favorite watch in my collection, basically. Uh, yeah, it's um a beautiful diver, and I urge all the listeners to go. You know, even if you, you know, just go try it because yep. you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like um yeah, when when the rain starts in Perth, the Seiko's come out. There was quite a few in the Red Bar chat today, um, yeah. popping up. And yeah, the divers are all out. That's it. It's reliable. It's robust. You know, you you can wear it everywhere, and it still looks good. So yeah, I feel, and I feel like yeah, now we, we've done wrist checks, we've done our weather check. We usually do a sport <laughs> check at some kind, but I don't think there's been any sport. We had some, no. we had some footy, footy finals, um, the soccer's over in terms of the World Cup, yeah, uh, yeah, that we spoke about. But I don't think you or I have any skin in the game um, no. in terms of what what sports on at the moment. We have got cricket starting back up, which I think yeah. we have in common. Um, <laughs> I, funnily enough, I'm not really a big cricket fan to be honest. Oh, yeah, I thought sorry, you were but, a cricket fan. No, uh, I, 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 I don't mind watching a bit of like international cricket uh here and there but i mean you know like test matches and stuff but yeah um doesn't really excite me too much i'm more of a basketball is my sort of secondary Uh, sport Uh, i got nothing to do with basketball which uh the fiba (laughs) the fiba world championships just finished up actually so anyway that was interesting germany won uh germany beat the u uh germany beat uh serbia in the finals okay for 81 that well, cares. I think we have That's... some German listeners, so hey. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing for Germany, but yeah, it's basketball goes um, as far as a, a jersey to the gym in the summer for me, and that's about it. And I wouldn't even be able to tell you um, who's on the jersey or what position they play. I just know it's red and black. It's <laughs> a Jordan jersey, is it? No, it's is not it... Jordan. I know Michael Jordan. I know he's, he's obviously okay. the, he's the one, but um, yeah, okay. I couldn't tell you who's on couldn't it. Tell me. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Well. Uh, maybe I'll convert you one day. Um, yeah, I'm open to it. Cool. Well, look, let's crack on with today's episode. Today's episode is a bit different to uh, all of our episodes so far. Um, so we've sort of been teasing this for a while, and really, it's been yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming. So mm. this is our our very first Q and A episode. So thank you everyone for putting in your questions to us. We really appreciate it. You know, we, we, we will try and get through um, some of them today as much as we can. 
in a length of an episode. Um, if we miss your questions, please don't, please don't be offended. Uh, we will, we will try to do one of these again yep. uh, in the not too distant future. So, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's get on with the first question. All right. So our first question comes from Eddie um, at Eddie Day Carry on Instagram. Um, great guy for a chat first up and um, great collection too. There are a lot of different watches, big collector, um, also from Perth. So love the local support. But his uh, first question was, how do you go about budgeting watches um, and given we both have family commitments and whatnot, and managing this hobby with our significant other, which we're going um, going deep real quick. <laughs> we're going with the hard-hitting ones. We are going with the hard-hitting questions. Uh, all right. Well, Eddie, thank you for the question. Um, <laughs> I did say when we received this question, Eddie, that it was a controversial one. Yep. But um, yeah, let's let's tackle it. Let's tackle it. Um, why don't you kick us off, Justin? Yeah, so I guess first of all, I want to say this has changed for me over over time as well. I haven't really been this way the entire um, way I've been in the hobby, but um, I did get into this hobby before having kids and you know um, getting a you know, second mortgage and uh, a lot's changed in terms of inflation and interest rates since uh, 2016 or 2015, whenever I bought my first uh, proper watch, I guess. Sure. Um, but these days, I guess um, the way I tackle budgeting is... Um, it's a bit blasé, but it's it's hard to explain. I, I, I spent a lot of time looking at this question and, and wondering how to explain it. I never really got a direct answer. But if I want something, I buy it. That's that's how I kind of I run it. If, I've got to have certain feelings towards it. And that's come from things I've explained in the past um, of having a, a large collection of stuff that I didn't wear and now understanding my wants and needs out of the hobby and, and, and an individual watch itself really helps me make a purchase based on, I want that watch. Um, like I know it's not going to be a, a mistake and I know it's not going to be something I look at and kind of go, oh, should, shouldn't have bought that one. I'll take a loss on it and sell it on. You oh. Nine times out of 10 these days, I buy it, I grab it. If it's something that's under 200, like a square G or something that can be moved on on marketplace for hundred bucks, I don't stress about it. You know, they're not giant financial decisions, but in terms of buying more expensive stuff, and it's hard, it's, it's hard because what are we... De- yeah, where everyone's got that different price point where it becomes that next jump. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say for the Tudor example, um, I saved up for that watch and I didn't want to buy it for no reason. So it came on the back of a promotion at work. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, I guess, yeah, I save up. I have like a, an account in, in, in my many accounts in my internet banking and yep. um, I just chuck some money in there every week and uh, there's been times where in the past, like Zillos releases, there's been something that's really drawn my eye. But if I don't have the the funds in that account for that at the time, or if I'm saving up for something bigger, um, and that's got my more interest, I kind of just pull it out of there and then you know keep going for something bigger, adding on over time. Sure. But it's just kind of a, an account thing. And if I start not gelling with a watch in my collection, I move it on, and those funds go straight into that account. And yep. If something really does grab me, um, then yeah, like I don't have a problem with, you know, tip, dipping into savings and taking money out for it if I need to. But um, touch wood, yeah, nine times out of 10, I just, I don't have a great amount of FOMO. Um, sure. You know, it's the, the the same three-hand dive watch I'm looking at from Zillos does the exact same function as the, as the, um, the, the turtle that I can get on Starbuy at any time of the, the month. And I think, yeah, that's... That's kind of it. It's such yeah. a hard question to word, and I'm not a wordsmith by any means. But I think you've answered that quite well. Yeah, but yeah, I think in many ways, 
I'm similar in a way to you in the fact that I, uh, I, I have a separate account where I have, I call it the watch fund. Yep. Um, where I will, you know, if I, um, you know, I'll, I'll put in a certain uh, percentage of, say, if I've, you know, a tax return or something, I might take a small, yeah, yep. small percentage of that and put it in there. Uh, and then say if I get a, I don't know, so bonus, maybe I'll get a small percentage of that and put it in there. Uh, and that's how I let it really let it grow. Other than that, I don't really touch it. It's it's more of a, it's in a high interest savings account and it sort of goes up. And yep. and really it's, it's it's not a lot of money in there at all. Like it's, it's like I said, it's very much in the space I dabble with, which is affordable watches. Um, but if I sell something, like say I sell a watch, I'll, I'll put the money in there. And if I buy a watch, I'd use that same, same yeah, account. Yep to to do that and as as eddie's pointed out we both have like family commitments and so do i and you know and and you know there's there's many other things that i prioritize in my life 100%. um um over watches in terms of i guess uh like you know money like if i um you know need money for things in day-to-day stuff and you know living living like you know i rather that that's what my money is going to go towards uh, watches as much as i love them as much as is a passion and it's and it's and it's really taken over my hobby and it's taken over <laughs> my life and um i, I i'm very you know I, i'm i have control in the sense that i i will only spend what's in my account um yep. in, in saying that i have seen like for example my oris when when i've got that uh, that's you know that's that's more than um you know really the space that we generally talk about in the affordable microbrand space um but um an opportunity came up uh, it was it was really it was it was a good price and it was something that i had been looking at for a while uh it was more than what i had saved uh but i thought okay you know what i'm going to do it this time around so but that, yeah. but that's a very sort of calculated okay it's a case by case sort of thing but other than that it's it's just from there yeah yeah so pretty pretty similar to how i kind of run it here too and i guess one thing that i've learned over the past year is um when you disconnect from the fomo and you know needing that you know trying to scratch that itch all the time because mm. you know let's let's be real you get a new watch in tomorrow in 2 weeks time you've you've got an itch for something else like it's, it never it never stops that's the problem that's but when you're chucking i don't know 20 to 50 dollars into an account and not looking at it over the span of 12 months it it, it adds up and yeah. you, you get a, a good amount to play with but i guess yeah traditionally the way i've done it i keep my like spend the the watch fund account which is an interesting thing to explain to your um you know, your bank manager when you're doing a refinance, <laughs> like what is this account? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I try and hover around the four and a half to five K because if something like from, from Tudor or Oris comes out that I really want, like that's the kind of level that I want to be able to go and spend money without worrying about it. And like sure. when I was having my internal battles about the uh, date just that I went and tried on um, the Wimbledon, like that was going to be a chunk of money out of savings that I was at the time, um, I was okay with the amount, um, like mm-hmm. that. The amount wasn't um, worrying me. It was more, you know, the the fact it was over retail. But um, you know, times are changing in my life as well with with kids, and you know, they're growing up, and we need more space to go kick the football and stuff. So that mm-hmm. that whole purchase, you know, as much as I was keen on getting my first Rolex as that milestone piece, um, has now rolled into yeah, like look, looking at another house. Um, you know, purchasing some land and mm-hmm. building the next ten to fifteen year house for for sure. for, the, for the family. So yeah. again. Priorities are, are a thing, and like you said, um, if it came down to wearing a three thousand dollar roll, uh, uh, Oris 
on the wrist or having that three grand spare to replace a water heater that blows up. Um, yeah. I'd much rather worry about the water heater than, again, 100%. another three-hand dive watch that costs a little bit more than the other ones. <laughs> 100%. As Yes, um, that's that's it. I think, I think it answers the question, hopefully, Eddie. Uh, yeah, like I said, we started off with a big one. So let's, let's move on to something which is a little bit less heavy, I guess. Uh, this is also from Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, had some great questions. Good next one is, do you guys actively measure the accuracy of your watches, um, or your mechanical watches, uh, using apps like Watch Check, et cetera? Well, e- no is the answer. I don't, <laughs> I don't actively check it. Um, I have used um, certain apps like that before. There's one called Watch Accuracy Meter and uh, that I've got, um, and mainly it was just a, it was like a, oh, it's a cool thing that I could check. You know, it was another thing in our hobby that we could do, if you know what I mean. Like it didn't, and, and it just felt like another depth different. to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just another depth to it. Uh, and you know, it was interesting though. It was interesting to see the beat rate. You know, the, like the range and you know plus minuses and stuff like that and 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 comparing it to what it should be out of the box and I actually surprised myself and the couple that I did test um they were actually more accurate than what the what it said the movement um stated accuracy was but in saying that you know you're using this app on a phone that 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 sort of listens in or something I don't really know how it does <laughs> it to be honest how accurate is it how accurate is the app itself who knows yeah uh, so yeah, that's, that's me. Um, Justin, I'm looking at you and it doesn't look like. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never done this. Like, uh, being very honest, like, um, I, I purchased a watch and, um, what I care about is how does it look? How does it match what I wear? What is the story behind it is becoming more and more of my, um, sure. purchase experience. Um, like I like, you know, like especially getting through the, through the podcast now, getting to know, brands and people um mm. it's definitely connected me to, to stories and history a bit better even though it's brief history yeah. um it's just beginning to be what i care about but what you said there about um focusing on it at a different depth in the hobby um brings me to a point where it's just like i feel like i'd stress about it like uh, i feel it's like a, a minute detail that would then like worry me like um honestly i'd say I'd, i would swap every movement in all my watches like including the tutor straight out for a quartz movement if i could I don't want to worry about it. I just want it to work and I want to be able to swap a battery and let it work. Like it just, I don't, I don't care about it being controversial. If I, yeah, I I don't care about it. You know, if it's out five minutes a day, uh, it it, it is what it is. I'm going to reset it tomorrow. We're going to run, run with it, but yeah, Yeah. just give me quartz and we'll, we'll go forward. Nice. I like it. I like, I mean, look, quartz is the most accurate of them all. So, uh, nothing like, Hey, that's a, that's a good, you can't uh, say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry sorry but it is so yeah yeah um yeah okay cool all right that's uh just that's doesn't cool. interest me i don't I don't know why like um, i'm i'm very techie person i'm very hands-on with things and sure. like to know how you know it's, that's been my job for the last 10 years is knowing mm-hmm. you know put it how things work and fault finding and getting you sure. know um it just doesn't interest me yeah yeah fair enough that's good good uh a good good uh way of looking at it okay all right well let's get on to the next question then hey yeah um, all right so mumbai specials what are they? How have they come to be? And is there ever a time where it's a good idea or deal? And that question comes from Paul via Instagram. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Mumbai Specials. Okay, what are they? I guess uh, what are they is they are 
basically watches that have been hobbled together with um you know with with other watch parts they're not fakes per se they they do frankensteins (laughs) exactly frankensteins they do have they do have um you know if it's a citizen they generally will probably have a citizen movement in it or a seiko they probably do have a seiko movement in it but it won't be original as in it'll it'll Mm -hmm. be hobbled together you know, it won't be original to that piece. It'll be from some other bits, some other bits. The dial may be repainted. Most of them, the dial repainted. They got uh, a pattern or something on them. Exactly. <laughs> some of that, or, or they'll have like a red, bright red uh, watch from the 70s, apparently. Like, well, they never did that on or 60, you know, like it was just, it just didn't exist. It was, it's all yeah. artistic licenses and stuff. Um, and that's what they are. And they're called Mumbai specials because a lot of them come from the subcontinent. They they do have a lot of uh, a lot of those kind of um, I guess older style um, watches um, have been around in that area uh, because um, I, I think I sort of touched on this in the Jody episode in the in this in the sixties or the seventies. Citizen Group uh, manufactured a lot of watches in India, and they actually did a thing, um, sort of in conjunction with another watch brand, an Indian watch brand called HMT. So there's a lot of these sort of HMT citizens, Seikos, all, all sort of floating around, and and there is a lot of actually watchmaking, uh, not so much watchmaking in terms of brands, but uh, you know, a lot of watchmakers and stuff around. So anyway, these just float around eBay, and you can pick them up. Dirt shape. Dirt shape. Like what, Dirt what shape. Just... Like 40, 50, sometimes less. Correct. 40, 50. Um, yeah. And they're kind of genius though, because when mm. you look at the when you type in, you know, go look at Seiko or Seiko 5 on eBay, and I'm even going to go ne- nearly 10 out of 10 of those Mumbai specials that you find. You know one when you see one. Yes. They do a great job at being exactly what they describe, which is, you know, a, a vintage feeling you know vintage whatever um yeah like you said 70s 80s whatever era it's from they they absolutely nail it and you look at it and you don't question it being a thrown together watch because it looks like something Seiko or citizen would produce Mm. it looks like the era they actually say it's coming from and they they must sell thousands of those things but i'll tell you what mumbai specials are they become the watch i think jody said it as well Mm. you buy it you wear it and you go "Uh, it's kind of kind of lame and then you throw it in your top drawer it doesn't even get a slot in the in the watch box and you yep. never look at it you move house in 10 years time and you go ah oh, this this thing exists uh yeah cool i think it's a good gateway um, it is 100 like, yeah i'm not knocking yeah, it yeah and and you know for me nowadays it's very easy for me to spot just from looking at the dial i can look at a dial and i go that's a real Seiko or that's a Mumbai special Seiko. And I'm not just saying that because the seller is located in in India, uh, but, you know, just from looking visually, there's a lot of visual cues. Um, like, for example, where it says automatic, the script is not yep. the same uh, font. Uh, Seiko is maybe the same, but this uh, automatic isn't the same. Uh, the colors will be out there. They'll be very different. There'll be Lots patterns of... and colors, and you're like, oh, these look sick. That's such a cool looking one. But you're like, yeah, but but they, I don't think they ever produced that before. Yeah, and you kind of see, like, you know, it's like it has a lot of greens, a lot of blues. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of that in there. And they, they the Mumbai specials have a lot of those colors, but you'll be like, yeah, this green is real in your face. It's, you know, very, um, very vibrant. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just not anything they've produced before. Yeah. And a lot of them say um, Japan made the yeah. dial, which which <laughs> they never did. Always, yeah. <laughs> never, it's never never said Japan made. So anyway, it's just it. Look, I I don't knock it in the sense that if you know you're buying a fake, 
then fair enough. But mm. what I don't like is when people mistakenly buy it thinking it's a real watch and then and then or or people being lied to that it's not a real watch. And and I've seen that in sort of um Facebook marketplace and yep. and AWF actually funnily enough where someone was selling a Seiko and you know I immediately knew it was not real. Uh but I messaged the bloke and um because he said oh I'm not really sure on the authenticity of it and he which he is very open about it and he said look I don't really know. I bought this on eBay. I think it's worth about this much, you know, give me an offer or whatever. So I messaged the bloke and I said, hey mate, uh look I don't, you know, I know you said you don't really know, you know, you're quite new to watches and blah, blah, but, you know, I'll let you know this is not a real Seiko. This is a, um, you know, mobile special, so to speak, because of X, Y, Z, like what yep. I just went through. He's, oh, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate that and blah, blah, And all, as I look, all good. Like, I wasn't calling him out publicly or anything like that, but I was just saying, just FYI, this is what it, what it is. So you can, you know, I'm not, because at the end of the day, like, you shouldn't be deceiving other people. You shouldn't be, you know, yeah, selling something that you say is real. So anyway, that's that's my piece on a Mumbai special. Get it if you like, um, but um, know what you're getting is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Sweet. Now I think that sums it up. That could probably be a whole episode itself really going into, into yeah. that. Sure but, uh, can. Anyway, moving on. So another question comes through, which uh, I really like this one. How do you guys store your straps? Now, someone who's got... Um, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many straps in the collection, but I have a lot. Um, I store mine in a, I think it's a $25 container from Bunnings. And it's basically, mm. I'll put a photo on Instagram. Actually, it's got a Barton Band sticker on it that I got sent once upon a time. And I think it's uh, maybe got a Tell Your Time sticker on as well. But basically, it, it stands up. It's like a toolbox that you put all your screws and your wall plugs and that sort of stuff in. Yeah. And um, it's got nine trays and I've got them separated and labeled into tools, rubber, um leather bracelets natos and nice. that's where it'll get stashed there's spring bars in there um yeah there's yeah it's just it's a neat little box and it was quite cheap and there's there's bigger ones out there there's one that you can um pay 150 bucks for and it takes up i think it's about two and a half meters by yeah um, a meter tall type thing so it's robust mm. um kids aren't interested in it which is handy because it's very boring and plain but yeah just something um simple and easy, which solved a problem that I never knew I would have 10 years ago looking <laughs> forward, which was just a pile of NATO straps and yeah. uh, spring bars that I needed somewhere to, to stash. So yeah, nice. I'll upload a picture on the uh, on the podcast Instagram of mine and maybe we'll do a uh, pic collage of where, how you store yours as well. Sounds uh, sounds like a good idea. Um, very similar. I have actually multiple storage uh, locations. They're not as big. Um, so I've got um, two uh sort of bamboo trays uh that I store um I think one of them stores all my 20 mil straps yep. and then my other one stores all my odd ones like uh the 21s the 19s the 18s and stuff and then I got and then I've also got a, a plastic sort of um again another bunning special uh, like a small plastic container and that contains like the I think 22 mil straps. Yep. I don't really separate them by, yeah, separate them by uh, width as opposed to leather, rubber and all that, like you just said. That so seems like a way better idea. 
<laughs> yeah, just so I can be like, well, I know, you know, I know this is the width. I can go straight away. Bang, that's what it is. So you made me feel real simple here because I always go in with like if I want to do a change on the morning and like hold the strap up. I'm like, oh, it looks like it's the right <laughs> size. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that's just I guess that's the engineer in me. Yeah. Just trying to sort out things by numbers and stuff. But nah, that's um I, I don't know. That's just how I've always done it and it's worked so far. Um, but it's just not as organized as I guess because it's open. Um, I did see a really cool uh, strap book or something, which basically it opens ah, up cool. and you can um, put in, you put in all your straps and it's got like a rubber, uh, you know, you know, I'm talking about like, it's got like a rubber thing and then, so it doesn't actually pop out. Um, it's kind of like a slot where you slot yeah, and yep. there's slots in and, and I think you can store 40 40 straps in a book. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think like a, I don't know, like a Pokemon card uh storage folio or like something. a sleeve it kind of like a sleeve but but yeah but, but not divided um, up yeah again if i can remember where i saw it i will put the link uh in the show notes <laughs> i feel like it's something i just wouldn't keep up on like it's something that i would buy as a good idea and then just kind of like leave the thing on my desk and then yeah. just let the straps pile up yeah. behind it which is why i kind of like this sort of bamboo container yep. and wood plastic because it's open i can just throw it in there and then it's I can throw, He's done with it, it, yeah. So, yep, there you go. That's how we store our straps. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go to uh, the next question. This is okay. This is a good one. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks again, Jay. Um, who's Dang Horology in Instagram? As as Justin said before. Uh, actually, I think is it is this first one? No, this is yeah, the first question. First one from Jay. This yep. is the first one from Jay. Sorry, Jay. Jay is uh, our biggest supporter. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah thanks for that and uh look uh, let, let's let's get into your question so um what is your grail watch and is it achievable or non-achievable all right so my grail i don't think i've ever really discussed this with anyone now i think grails uh get commonly um confused with an exit watch because i came into the hobby kind of thinking the grail was you know is this the one that you buy that ticks all the boxes and you move on type thing, which mm -hmm. I very quickly found out it wasn't. But anyway, moving forward, my, the, the idea of Grail for me is it's that 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 one watch that's that you just, you know, if if it came up for sale, if it popped up anywhere and you could, you know, or if you could have it at the drop of a hat, you would grab it at the drop of a hat. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just that standout piece. And I don't really know how to describe it other than that, but my Grail is a Zillos. Now, I regret not being into them or knowing of them before okay. um my time in the in the hobby because um, there was some really cool stuff if you look in their back catalog of discontinued models on their website so mine is the zillos hammerhead 1000 meter diver brown meteorite in bronze it is a chunky boy of a watch you can get a 20 mil bracelet or a 22 mil bronze bracelet for it as well which looks really cool but uh to me this watch, uh, first of all, is it obtainable or is it not? I don't believe it is. I think it was um, – I've never seen one posted on forums. I've never seen a picture of it on anyone's wrist as much as I've looked back into uh, different forums uh, to do with micro brands because I can't even tell you when this was released. I don't think it's on the website, but um, it just – as far as I'm concerned, it exists, but I reckon it was probably limited to around 50 pieces back then. So – there's some very lucky people out there. And the price this would fetch nowadays coming out at 700 USD would be phenomenal. 
but yeah, this uh, it's to me like the the reason this is my grail is because it's it's a full bronze. I'm a I'm a fan of bronze to an extent, but it needs to work with the dial, it needs to work with the bracelet strap, and I feel like this watch ticks every box um, it needs to in terms of a bronze and that brown dial, the contrast, the uh, chapter ring, mm-hmm. the handset. The this is the old hammerhead handset where it's got the uh, the lines in it. I love everything about it. I think it would patina amazingly mm-hmm. um, with that brown brown meteorite dial in there. And it's been my chase back well before the podcast started. I think well before you and I had met as well. I used yeah. to post in the Zillos Timekeepers group and ask, you know, once a month type thing. Hey, does anyone say, has anyone seen this? Or once every three months, does anyone have this? Would anyone be willing to move this on? And I would never get a response from a single person about even owning one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish it was obtainable. It was very obtainable back in the day when you could buy up 700 USD. I'd be more than happy to pay that price. Um, and this is probably one of the watches where if, I don't know, it came up for, oh, I reckon I'd be more than willing to part with two grand or two and a half grand for this watch wow. only because I know it would be the the the, the stay in the collection. Yeah. It would be the keeper by far because um, the Hammerhead was my first experience with Zillos as well yeah. and it was the watch I fell in love with and it was the, my introduction to micro brands and this kind of uh, is the you know the the epitome of what I like about micros yeah. and where where it started and where it is now and I, I yeah I, I, I've stopped looking at the pictures I haven't looked at the picture of this <laughs> watch in sad. probably a year because it makes me sad that I, I literally it would take a miracle for me to be able to own this watch like a, a literal miracle because um, I just don't believe there's anyone on forums or Facebook that is aware of this watch or that they that they own one. Well, you know, listeners, if you know someone that owns this one and wants to make $2,000 from Justin, yep. hit him up. But um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I managed to find it on the website while we were talking. And uh, yeah, I, I can completely see why this is... Your grail. Um, this is you, isn't it? This is very much you. It's it's um, in my vein. Yeah, this is everything I want out of a watch. Very much you. Uh, bronze and I guess more exotic materials has never really been my thing, but I can just I can really appreciate it with especially with this watch with uh, the 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 meteorite dial and everything else. So awesome. I I yeah I can really respect that. That's a that's a that's an awesome looking thing. Um, cool. And I, I just want to probe your grail or not so much your pick but but i guess your you know grail as it is do you so this is i guess achievable you know in in a sense that in terms of monetary wise it's achievable in terms of actually obtaining it oh god it's it's possibly unachievable who knows one day you might be able to get it but it's almost very 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 hard to attain it's it's not a money thing it's a it's a it's a scarcity thing you can't really get yeah like they're they're obviously out there 50 of them sold um like you know it's it's these release well, you know, they'd be well out of warranty by now. Sure. How many of them maybe, you know, they've got uh, NH35s in them, I believe. Yep, um, yeah, NH35s. Um, how many of those seized up and stopped working? Um, you know, how many of these got used for for, for diving as well? Um, but just how active the Zillos Timekeepers group is, um, you see a lot of cool old stuff pop up on there. And you see every now and then you see someone really achieve their, their grail purchase in that group as well that comes yep. up with one of these once in a once in a five or you know ten year kind of thing and um yeah it's just hasn't come up for me yet um but yeah like like Priker said if anyone does own one I'm yeah serious about purchasing one <laughs> cool sweet All well right. 
All right, over to yourself. I'm interested. Yeah. What's because uh, for the listeners too, we've never discussed this ourselves. Like no. great grow watches, it's been a very personal thing for me. Like obviously from my story, you can't get it. I'm not interested in talking about it with anyone these days because you can't <laughs> get it. So what's yours, Parker? Okay, so I um again, grail is one of those things where I don't really think about too much. Um, I have them in my mind, what they are, but I don't really thought of going to. I mean, never really went into the hobby thinking I want to get into, you know, like that exit watch or whatever you want to call it. So I have sort of three tiers. So maybe it defeats the whole purpose of Grail, but 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 I'll but I'll but I'll start off with my affordable Grail. So this affordable Grail is very much in the vein as as what you've got. Uh which is so this is the um Seiko SKX A35. Uh, which is a variant of the SKX one seven three, also a variant of the SKX zero zero seven. So it's a, it's a, it's basically a yellow SKX. That's what it is. It's a yellow dial SKX, um, which I'm I'm particularly uh, about the uh, it's called the Singapore dial. Um, it, this is quite um, yeah. This is a grail to me because um um so i'm I'm originally from singapore so so it makes a you know it uh it's a it's a connection there as well um and and i love seikos uh and it's an affordable grail to me like i just think it's a it's a great piece uh and and it's and and it's very hard to come around as well you don't you there's not much out there yeah uh you don't really see there are many ones with um malaysia on the dial because yeah. they were made in both Malaysia and Singapore, uh, depending on which year and when, uh, when, you know, it's one of those ones where I don't really seek it out like every week or anything like that. I, I did for a little while, but then I was like, nah, I'm not really, you know, I don't really, uh, yeah, it, it'll come when it comes sort of thing. So yep. yeah. Yeah. So cool. That, no, that's, um, um yeah, I, yeah, wouldn't expect that. I forget you had the RZE with the yellow dial. Cause I was gonna say yellow. That's um, like, yes. Uh, Yellow is not there. really a color that I don't really go for as much as well, but but yeah, I just think it, it works really well. It's like a it's a sunny sort of yeah, just reminds of yeah, and and like I'll probably pick up another yellow dial watch um soon, but yep, I'll maybe hold out for this one. So that's that's yeah, cool. That's my sort of I guess similar to what you know in in the space that you're looking at, but in terms of a uh, uh, I guess like a a grail which I find that. I'm probably not going to purchase this. Uh, one because of the monetary value, and two, just purely because of how long it actually takes. I think for anyone to get one in the first place. So this brand, um, it's a it's a independent watchmaker in Japan. Uh, it's it's called it's a Kikuchi uh, Nakagawa is the brand name. And the the watch I'm looking at particularly is called the Ichimonji. Uh, so, again, I, I apologize to our – I think we have some listeners in Japan. I don't know. I have to check that. No, we do. We do. We do. Great. So I apologize to our Japanese listeners if I butchered that name completely. But um, so, yeah, so basically Kikuchi Nakagawa, they, they make beautiful dress watches. And when I say dress watches they only they only have two models that's all they make so they make the murakamo and the ichimonji so yeah. basically um it's all very much like 1930s 1950s that kind of era watches this they're really inspired by patek philippe and uh Breguet and that kind of um styles um and they they 
they take the, I guess, the design cues from there and they make it their own and they're really how do you say it? it it's all it's very hot orology very artisanal yeah. stuff you know you got two guys who are yeah i think it's yasuke uh, kikuchi and tomonari nakagawa so they're both <laughs> they're both um so yeah oh. so the the so kikuchi who's um who's he he was an architect and then he he became a um yes yeah, so i think he he worked in a watchmaking school and he graduated in watchmaking school in paris and then he came back to Japan. He was making, you know, um, you know, mechanical watches in 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 Japan. And then the and then the the Nakagawa, who's the other watchmaker, he's a he's originally a swordsmith. A oh, that's so cool! You know? <laughs> and then he turned into watchmaking. Uh, that's awesome! Work, what a history! Work, yeah, he used to work for Citizen, <laughs> and now he, yeah, now he obviously he makes. Yeah, now he makes his own stuff, his own company, and yeah, they met. They met in Paris. They found this love for watchmaking together, and then they've got this brand. And it, it's just everything that I like about, like, I love Japanese watches. I, I don't, I don't try and um, hide that fact in in this yeah. thing. But I like the fact that they have the history and of, and I guess the the more. Um, uh, finer sort of you know watchmaking skills from mm. Europe as well, and infuse that with the. Uh, for me, when I look at Japanese horology, well, they, they, I guess more the precision and the more of the yeah you know the the yeah and 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 but so it's like it's like a beautiful mix of both it's and a, yeah huge combination of uh, of a hundred years of you know watchmaking and beyond yeah um, exactly. coming into to you know to a to a new age um, kind of kind of watch because this very cool. Very yeah. cool looking watch. I'd never heard of this before. I'd just seen the price at the bottom of the website. I was like, oh yeah. gosh. So, um, <laughs> so yes, t- twenty-two US, twenty-two grand US, and delivery time. So you know, anywhere between one hundred and thirty-two months to one hundred and forty-four months. What's that? Yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you off the top of my head how many how many years one hundred and thirty-two uh, um, months is. So, so one hundred and forty-four <laughs> is twelve years. So, oh man! So between <laughs> eleven and twelve years, if I ordered one right now. So yeah, this when I say you know the Grail, this is this is that's a lottery about. watch. If you won the lottery and you could forget about twenty two yeah. grand leaving your account, and you know it, it turns up when you're fifty odd years old, then <laughs> you, yeah. you take it exactly. So yeah, great that's pick it. though. That's awesome. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah, oh, for listeners, go look at that website too because yeah, it's a phenomenal looking watch. Yeah, we'll. we'll Again, we'll chuck this in um, the show notes um, along with uh, yeah, with any of the other cool things we'll talk about today. Um, all right, let's let's get on. Let's get on with the next one. What have we got? Perfect. So we've got uh, another one from Jay. We uh, Dang Horology. What's a criminally underrated watch and brand? So I struggle with this one. I've um, mm. I really racked my brain on this one um, from affordable to to high end, and I didn't really land on anything specific. But mm. I kind of I'm interested in your opinion. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, I think it's a yeah, it's a hard one to it's a hard one for us to answer. I think because we dabble in the micro brand and sort of affordable space more often mm. than than not, and well majority of the times and a lot of the watches that we sort of i guess look at are sometimes are underrated as it is by the general public so um that that's that's just the first point but but if we're looking at sort of 
Uh, for me, when I when I think of underrated watches, um, let's say Japanese sort of mainstream brands, the thing that comes to my mind is Citizen. Mm, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, and I'm not talking underrated in terms of their divers and stuff. I feel like you know the divers get the kudos; it's not an issue. But um, they, Citizen's got some really cool mechanical watches like automatic watches like basically like presages and stuff that seiko release or uh you know stuff that uh orient has or stuff like that i feel like you know people know seiko know orient and and they respect it and they respect it uh even casio you know g-shock and everything else but citizen almost feels like the forgotten one to me yeah citizen i going back a few years feels like what alba is to seiko now in my opinion uh, like it's that watch that's kind of sits at the bottom of the window at the jeweler but i think like we're we're right now in the beginning of citizen going really quickly upwards and gonna be seriously competing with seiko but not just on their dive watch standards i think citizen yeah. is a huge player in the game nowadays for sure i mean look citizen has such a big history you know it's yep. it was started and you know, 1918, like it's, 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 you know, <laughs> it's madness how many, it's been yeah. over a hundred years. And, you know, they've been, they've do, they do so much for, for the watch world. And, you know, when we talk about just movements in itself, you know, Miyoto movements, which is like the probably mm-hmm. you know, arguably like the, you know, after the NH movements, it's, it'll be the, the, the most amount of movements used, you know, apart, yeah, apart, staple yeah. of the micro brand, that's for sure. Yeah, and 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 that's citizen. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I, I think they're underrated. I don't think they're um under like they're not like a you know a hidden gem, but but yeah. they are they are underrated. Yeah. So that's that would be my answer. Yeah, I think so. I, I tossed about with citizen as well, and I think the the reason I didn't land on them as my answer is because. Um, I feel like we're right at the start of the, I think they're about to boom. Like you look at what they're doing with the, I can't pronounce that model. It's the one that starts with TS. Suya. Yeah. You look at what they're doing there, uh, what they're doing with their, you know, they're starting to go to the back catalog and go for smaller divers. Um, They're they're doing integrator. They're doing colors. I think they're really going to shoot up and kind of explode now. Um, But I landed, my answer to this one is a bit of a weird one. So I landed on Oris. Now that's again similar to yourself. Like there's a lot of love for Oris out there, but I feel like Oris uh, over the past few years has been caught up in that price point argument, where you're kind of starting to lean into Tudor um, price range. And I just use Tudor as a reference, really, because I feel like that's the next the, the jump before you go a bit higher. Um, and I feel like they're underrated because you look what they do. They've got. Yeah, over the past few years, they've gone from having, um, yeah, the the uh, SW two hundred. That's the movement they use, right? Is that the Salida? Yep, yep. It's the Salida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they use that. You know, they've had the Salida. Now they've got they've gone and done it in house. They're still offering both price points. So if you want to spend more money and get that in house experience, yeah, you know that extra is it five day power reserve? Is that yeah. what you've got? Yeah, five days. Five um, days. You know, you've got the option and you can come back and, you know, spend a little bit less and just go for your standard S- yeah, SW, which is what I would do personally because, you know, it's 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 a workhorse movement. It's easily serviced. It's it's serviced by, by a lot of people, not just Oris in-house itself. Um, mm. But I think they're underrated just because they're, 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 their quality is incredible for a start. Like I've, mm. I've owned Oris. I, you know, I've, I've um uh, <clears throat> tried on your oris as well yep. um yeah I've, i had the uh 41.5 mil cherry dial aquas and that was big for me because i went into the uh jewel at the time to go look at a tutor i think it was a that was when the black bay 58 blue was 
a couple of months after release and the the Oris grabbed me and and I got a you know that was my first big watch experience where I was kind of just like oh this thing's a a huge contender like yeah yeah they got the brand history they've got the colors they're playing with release style stainless steel bezels like it's not a boring watch there's so much value for money in terms of wrist presence history um and then what you get as a wearing experience um, out, out of that watch I just feel yeah. like yeah, their catalog's huge now. You look at from the stuff they're doing with their PPX, with the Kermit dial. They've just released their, I guess, competitor to the the Deep Sea or the you know Challenger. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 thing I can't remember off the top of my head what the price was. That was insanely priced with the spec sheet uh, on remember, that diver. But it was yeah, I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. And crazy, yeah, I, I, I definitely not an underexposed brand, but it. Yeah, I, whether whether it gets his proper kudos and you know, yeah, mm. I, you're on the money there, and 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 it's cool that they you know they don't sort of just like you said when they moved up to the higher end, I guess with the caliber four hundreds, um, they haven't just gone all right, catch you guys later, you know, Salida guys, yeah. don't worry about it, we're, we're not gonna. They're like, no, no, we'll still offer that and we'll offer this as well because they it's and it's like a. It's cool because you know not everyone wants to pay five thousand dollars for a diver sixty five. You know? Yeah, exactly. And when, yeah, as well as that, like Oris is at the out there at the events. You know, um, they they quite regularly over over in the states. I think um even here we had some Oris stuff given away at a Red Bar event as well. Um, you know, they're out there. They're in the community. They they don't mind coming on and, yeah. and doing YouTube's or podcasts. You know, that they're out there with their people and they're doing cool things like the upcycle. You know, there's there's um you know contributing. Yes back to the the industry and trying to look after the you know the earth and conservation you know there's yep. a lot bigger a lot bigger picture i think that stuff does go the the, the upcycle is an awesome dial yeah but um i think you know when you really step back and go oh it's you know saving the ocean to an extent or it's their attempt at contributing yeah. towards saving the ocean you know it's yeah. it's a bigger picture thing and i think yeah. that sort of stuff it's not just the watch itself but the brand is underappreciated not underappreciated yeah. gets its love but um yeah. just kind underrated of, Underrated. Yeah, underrated. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'll, I mean, I just want to touch on what you just said just then about the, the whole environmental aspect thing of it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in, uh, in, in, in that. Um, for example, with Blanc Bont and Swatch mm. release when we talked about, you know, this ocean, you know, showing all the pretty pretty images of this oceans and oh we've named it after all these oceans and oh we use recycled plastic on <laughs> or, or whatever it was on the on the on the strap and it's like oh great but you know oris went further than that right they, they've they've, yep. they've they've used it not only on the dials they've they've deployed all these um sort of plastic catches and things and they've collaborated with companies that are doing all this great things. I think in Sydney, they installed one of those in the Harbour, Sydney, mm-hmm. um, uh, where, you know, they're, they're, they're like, look, we can do something. We can help. We we will help. And I think that's 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 a cool thing to give them props for, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, it's it's definitely much appreciated to, to a lot of the people, especially, you know, dive watchers, ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we're there for. For sure. For sure. All right. Cool. Well, perfect. let's get on with our, our last question of the night okay <laughs> spoke about grail watches but that's this is this is an awesome question so this is sent in by uh anonymous uh if you could get your grail watch right now but the catch is you have to give up your favorite watch in your collection and never get it back again would you do it <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, first of all, anonymous, you know who you are. Um, we, I've now got personal beef with you for making me so conflicted and fight with my my brain and make me feel like a bad person because my favorite watch is uh is is a um you know hand down you know it's it's an heirloom kind of thing in my family, um and yeah my my favorite watch is my little Omega uh, that was my grandfather's watch. It was a birthday watch for me as well. It was his twenty fifth wedding anniversary present from my grandmother and both are still here um yeah um, you know with us um these days and my um you know my grandfather gave it to me when he was not too well and he didn't think he was going to make it through you know what the elderly can be like um but he gave it to me then and kind of wanted to see me wear it and i love that watch to pieces now mm. the answer for this to me is no and the reason um i kind of said i was conflicted because i was like oh you know i've asked my granddad this before because you know when he gave it to me he was just kind of like oh here you go and i was just at the time i was like to my my granddad and you know we called him granddad roy he listens to this as well so if, if you are listening this week you know, um again thank you for that watch but and for the support um i i, I told him i was like i'm not going to wear this because i was in my big watch era i said it's you know, mm. tiny it's 36 mil it's not in my my interest right now um i'm sorry but i didn't say i didn't want it but i said it's going to go into into the watch box and probably stay for a little while mm. and he did say to me at the time he's like well if, you know if it can contribute to something else that you're going to wear more go ahead and move it on. I said, no, I can't, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to live with myself, especially, you know, once he, if he passed, passed away at the yeah, time yeah. or passes away, you know, I couldn't, yeah, I'd feel terrible about that. And now yeah. that I do wear it more, um, you know, it's, it'll go to my son one day and or my grandkids one day, if that's the way my life pans out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my answer is just no, like nothing can replace the sentimental value in that watch sure. um, and that connection to yeah, my, my grandparents' wedding and my, my granddad himself yeah. as a collector and mm. and then the the whole um yeah experience when he gave it to me. We went out for breakfast, we had a great a good day one on one, which we hadn't done in since probably I was in high school, you know. We went out and yeah. chilled together one on one without my grandmother and without my partner, that type of stuff, yeah. without the kids. So yeah. it's awesome. Not a chance. Um yeah. as much as that that brown dial eludes me. Um not <laughs> not a chance it could could replace the favorite. Like what it. about yourself? Yep. Um similar. So my favorite watch in my collection is my SPB one four three, the one I'm wearing right now. I think we spoke about this before and why it's so significant to me. It's my watch that I got given to um, by my wife, uh, my best friend and my family for my 30th birthday. And it is, yeah, it just means a lot to me. It's more than just a watch. Um, it, it's, 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 so I, I didn't get into this game uh, I guess the watch game or what do you want to call it because I, I knew someone or as in, or I had a family member who got me into it like yourself. Um, it was fine. was very much self-inflicted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I guess I don't really have that sort of connection in there. Um, my dad has some, you know, he's got some watches now, um, but, but, you know, he was never a, a thing. Um, and would I trade this in is no. I would most certainly would not. I mean, I'd spoke about what my grail watch was uh, and, you know, 12 years waiting time and all this kind of stuff, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I still wouldn't. The The sentimental value of this is worth way more than the monetary value or the rarity or whatever or anything. Sure. Anything can, yeah, to that. So, yeah, yeah, you can you, you can make more money. You know, we're both young enough. We've got long <laughs> careers ahead. Um, you can't replace oh, memories so and, and sentiment, man. It's yep. 
Um, you know, and that's kind of my like I explained to my son. My son's four, and he likes to wear his Spider Man watch or his little um, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, BW G Shock knockoffs, I guess. Um, but when you know, because you know, every now and then I'll get the watch box out in the morning, and the kids will kind of pick out what I should wear for the day. And you know, when when I hear them say Granddad Roy's watch, that's kind of what I used to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. back in back when I was younger, that's the watch I remember my granddad wearing, and that's kind of the watch I want to be associated mm-hmm. with with my yeah. kids. So, um, awesome. you can't replace that that stuff and. No. It does it, yeah. Money's money isn't not, um, you know, we hear it all the time. Money's not everything, but um, yeah, it's, it's really not, yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's easy. I mean, not easy, but uh, obviously, we 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 come from a place of um, we we are very privileged that mm-hmm. we can we can do this, that we can actually collect watches and you know, and 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 be a part of this hobby in itself. I think it's it's a huge privilege uh not many people in this world can do that you know you're bang on right when you know when we say yeah money isn't everything we're not sort of talking about it in terms of oh you know we have a ton of money but we're talking at it in terms of you know it doesn't matter how much you get in return the sentimental value of this you can't replace yeah it's yeah irreplaceable cool well awesome way to i guess uh end the q a Let's go on to our usual section of the podcast, which is uh, something interesting. But this time around, a little bit different. Our something interesting section is a question itself, because it is a Q&A episode. Uh, but the Q&A is, the question is not really anything about watches. <laughs> it's about other stuff. So what is it? We're going to talk about our own hobbies, other hobbies other than watch collecting. So um, I can't remember who this one came in from. Was this from Jay as well? Uh, could be, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, what other hobbies do we have? No, it's uh, actually we Eddie. It was Eddie. Oh, Eddie, okay. Yep. So, what other hobbies and do we collect other things? So, I'll be happy to kick this one off because I've got a couple of things. Yeah, um, I really like to be a busy person. Um, I don't know, I'm a pro- like, try and be proactive because uh, in the start of my adult life, I was not a proactive person. Um, uh, I guess a lot of partying back in the day and a lot of sleeping in bed and, you know, then some um, life experience and maybe kind of wake up and you realize again, but going back mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, talking about money, but time is also very valuable. Um, so I like to, you know, get up at the crack of dawn every day and maximize, um, yeah, daylight and whatnot. So I guess my biggest hobby is, yeah, working out. And it sounds like a bit of a weird hobby to have because it's a lot of oh. pain. Um, you know, it's uh, for the listeners, my journey's been interesting. I used to, yeah, be quite a, quite a big, big boy back in the day. Um, after high school, I yeah got on the beers and ate a kebab every every second night. And you know, when I started making some money after apprenticeships, you start you know ordering food instead of cooking food, and it just snowballed into being yeah overweight and unhealthy. And um, yeah, I don't mind sharing as well. Like I had a bit of a um, health scare as well with with uh, the big C a few years ago, and um, kind of decided to get my get my life into into gear and um now three years into that journey so yeah when my daughter was born um i guess actually when my son was born so yeah five years ago i tried my ass off to sorry for swearing um my my ass off to lose the weight and crack the habits and whatnot and i couldn't do it um i just i wasn't headstrong i wasn't there for it and um it spiraled the opposite way so i ended up hating working out hating fitness and it just 
yeah, end up being in a worse place than I was, not just with my appearance and my weight at the time, but then again, in my head, I was, you know, kind of beating myself up about it. And then when my daughter was born, I actually said, you know, this is, this is now it. And I literally went from the, the day she was born, the day she came home, I um, went and threw out everything in my cupboard that I said, no, this is not part of the diet anymore. Signed up to the gym. And uh, I think, yeah, ever since then, I've gone six days a week, if not seven, to go and spend half an hour on the Stairmaster every single week for three years. And uh, I do it as as religiously as I can. Um, and it's led into amazing things in my life, like cycling and now long distance running. And um, I dropped all the way from 150 kilos um, down to 80 kilos. So, you know, wow. a huge amount of weight was lost at the original time. And then once I got down to that kind of weight, I had no goal. I was just working towards it. Now I'm in a, in a building phase. So I've chunked up again slightly. I'm just sitting around a hundred and okay. I'm in this phase of now relentlessly cutting and then relentlessly bulking again. And I'm, you start to feel real, you know, real proud when you see some shoulder definition, you see your chest come through. And yeah. that's, that's my, apart from my kids and what they do, that's my biggest personal hobby. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I love feeling sore. I love feeling ruined. Um, <laughs> My favorite thing to do is squat heavy weights. So you know, my one rep max is up near the 200 kilos these days. And I love that feeling. Damn, I love seeing my damn, quads damn. all vascular and popping. And yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but I absolutely love it. Now that I'm getting into nice. long distance running, um, like you're know, averaging 10 to 15 Ks yeah. a run, getting ready for for a yeah. possible 30 to 40. Um nice. yeah, it's 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 a weird hobby to have because it's very draining, it's very time consuming, it's very demanding. Yeah. But I enjoy it more than watch collecting. To be honest yeah. with you, everyone, yeah. um, it's it is my favorite part of part of life, apart from my kids uh, being healthy. That's awesome, man. That's like, yeah. I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say you didn't really answer that properly because that's not really a hobby, man. That's like your lifestyle, you know. That's, oh yeah, yeah. It, no, I'm, I'm I'm just joking, but seriously, um, <laughs> props to you. Um, you know, it's such a, uh, it's such an incredible thing, and to do for yourself but also for your family so well done for that yeah cheers man and it's you know for anyone who's going through that process um currently or thinking about it it does better your life in more ways than just the physical fitness you know especially with kids um, my son does odds kick which is mm-hmm. i'm not sure what the equivalent of odds kick is for little little soccer or little whatever grass, it is overseas grass grasshoppers actually grasshoppers, grasshoppers okay yeah the grasshopper soccer or something i think it's called yeah all right grass yeah ropes, yeah yeah, but not only that, like yeah, sleeping, focus, work life, everything kind of changed after after that. So if anyone yeah even wants to have a chat with that, I yeah fairly knowledgeable in that space these days, yeah. and currently um, sitting above a hundred kilos and looking at going back down. So nice one. The bulk never. of the cut. The bulk. Of yeah, the cut. that's it. <laughs> what about yourself, Prucker? All right. Well, I guess I'll um, <clears throat> I'll answer it, this in a bit of a like a two part sort of answer. Um, because the question was, what hobbies do you guys have? And also, do you collect things? So I'll start with the do you collect things part. Um, so watch collecting was in my first foray into collecting. Uh, didn't really start off as a collection, by the way. But, you know, I used to collect all sorts of things growing up. I collected Pokemon cards. I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I collected, I don't know, uh, Hot Wheels cars. I collected... Yeah, oh, I, 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 I collected, um, so there used to be these like flags, uh, sorry, erasers. I don't know if you've, you know, you know, erasers, like pencils. Yeah, 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 pencils. Pencil erasers, but they have flags on them, like flags of different oh. countries. I used to have a bag of maybe like 100 or something, something ridiculous, flags, erasers. 
That was like right. a thing. Yeah, I collected that. I collected, oh God, who knows? I collected little little Pokemon, um, you know, um, toys, little Digimon toys. Yeah, yep. Pretty much anything that you could sort of collect like growing up. I, yeah, I've done it. I don't know. So I always had that sort of collecting mm. sort of nature, um, but I didn't collect other things. I mean, a lot of people collected sneakers and stuff like that. But I, I, I sort of dabbled, but I didn't really sort of collect. Um, but but um, did it translate into watch collecting? Maybe, maybe not. But I do like collecting. Yeah, in, it probably in contributed sense. in some way having that kind of yeah. Yeah, co- collection thing. I mean, I was the same. Like, I think I did the Pokemon cards yeah. Yeah, when I was quite young. Um, but yeah, I've still got boxes full of Dragon Ball Z figurines from nice. over time. That was kind of the thing I was into. And yeah. I mean, um, OJ Digimon was probably oh, yeah. Yeah, probably the, the best show back then, in my opinion. You know, it was a bit of a rivalry, <laughs> Pokemon and Digimon, but yeah, Digimon I did was both, good. Man. I did both, yeah. And then that Tamagotchi, you name it, Beyblades. Oh, yeah, Tamagotchi, Bay- that's a good shout. Yeah, I had Tamagotchis, <laughs> I had Beyblades. Um, Beyblade, oh yeah. man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like I said, I had pretty much everything, and I really enjoyed everything too. Nineties collectible podcast coming in, inbound. That's it. Maybe we'll do like a crossover <laughs> episode or something. But um, yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's the collection part of things. But I mean, like hobbies wise, you know, watch collecting is probably. You know, I mean, watches in general, just being enthusiast about everything and anything about watches is is a big thing of my life now. But you know, I, I you know, as I I do not go to the gym as religiously as you do i guess but i do really enjoy going to the gym i find that you know definitely the the mental aspect of it the 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 physical is obviously feel better you go you do exercise you feel better um um but but also the like you know just feeling better mentally as well but just going yeah. and you know just a bit of clarity a bit of uh you know downtime but yeah and also working working your ass off when you're there too like it's it's awesome it's fun to you know like you say like really lift you know lift heavy ass weights like, yeah it is fun uh you know I don't, i'm not i definitely not wonder at maxing 200 kilo in the squats like you but you know i enjoy my deadlifts and that's sort of my 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 sort of call to fame i really do enjoy that um but um you know apart from that obviously hobbies like you know i just love you know love spending time with my family and stuff it's not really i guess it's it's just my lifestyle i guess you know doing things yep. like that so but yeah apart from that you know i actually do i love coffee is another thing that I oh man i was gonna for. say that at the end yeah coffee is a big one in my life <laughs> coffee it yeah. gets me through the day plus it's an enjoyable you know especially when you're going cafe to cafe like to get a bit a bit of a ex- you know, um, postcard book of of cafes in your head exactly so like we i literally like spend a lot of my time going to different cafes because you know, i work in the city so it's a bit yeah. of a luxury but also before before kids like me and my wife we used to just go around different cafes all around Perth and different restaurants all around Perth. Like we used to like, we used to go like the, I don't know, to, to the, for the listeners, like, you know, like we would drive an hour and a half from home one way to go and eat food and yeah. come back and stuff, you know, like maybe an hour and a half, like at least an hour, you know, it would be just be all over Perth metro area uh, just to go eat a meal and come back yeah that was that was normal for us i mean we we don't really have the luxury to do that as much as right now but but the cafe thing is still going and you know like um yeah and coffee is one of those things again i started off as a necessity like i got introduced to it in 
in uni like well, one of my one of my good mates um he he introduced me to uni uh, and i was like oh i don't really like coffee had i was oh it's pretty good but you know i was always very safe coffees and then but now i'm really like into the different <laughs> beans and yep. making sure it's like the right you know it has to be this beans or that beans or you know i like it roasted a certain way yeah i'm you know so much so like you know i think in you know for a couple of the presents that i received this year was like coffee beans and craft beers like you know you yeah, can right. sort of see the you can sort of see the theme that that's uh, happening there but i you know i enjoy i really do enjoy my coffee you know and i you know and, and i don't see it as like oh i need it to get through my day sort of thing it's like i could have a day without a coffee no problems and it's not yeah. gonna affect me but I, I i find real enjoyment you know shout out to how's groove yeah in perth one of my favorite coffees shops in perth if any of my listeners are in perth you should go check it out and uh if, if you're going to visit um you should definitely flick check a message it that's it flick <laughs> a message because i'll be right i'm there. in <laughs> no it's, it's funny you mentioned coffee i was thinking, thinking about this i'm um, reflecting with one of our mentors at work who retired recently yeah. um so when i was a, an apprentice um when i was 17 i just kind of clicked that Back then, he bought me my first coffee, and I was like, yeah. "Since that day, eleven years ago, yeah. I haven't missed a coffee." It just, since just, that that exact moment, it's wow. so funny. You just got and, you hooked in. <laughs> yeah, now you know we've got the you know two and a half gram Breville, uh, Breville machine on the bench yeah. top, and the same yeah. thing you just said. You know, certain beans for certain days is definitely yeah. a trigger to happiness sometimes. Nice, nice. What's but, your go-to coffee when you make one at home? What do you, what dude? Do you if make? I'm making one ready to leave for work or on the run, yeah. there is a coffee bean from Coles that I've actually really hit with oh. at the moment okay. uh, called Jed's. Okay. Okay. Jed's coffee, just for like a quick one on the run, because okay. you want to make like a real nice like brew to sit out the back and, you know, um, mm. go with, with the sun, sunrise coming up, whatever you're doing with the kids outside. Um, there's a, I'll get it. I'll send it to you and mm. I'll share it because we have a lot of Perth listeners on, um, on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, Yahava Coffee Works Yahava, on yeah. yep. West One Road. There's a, yep. there's some sort of roast there that I go and buy it by the scoop and it's delicious. Nice. Awesome. Delicious. Awesome. Uh, my go-to at home, I don't make, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, like milky coffee i only yep. um so i i make uh like an aeropress so filter filter coffee yep. so all the beans that i buy is very light roast um so not dark roast dark roast is usually used for your espressos and your you know milky coffees so light roast and uh twin peaks um is up there number one yep um and then after Twin Peaks, I like Macrology as well, which is uh, so Twin Peaks is in Morley for all the Perth listeners. Uh, they're the roasters out there, but then they supply a bunch of people in Perth. Uh, and Micrology as one as well. Like I said, Osborne Park, fantastic coffee as well. Good, good great, great beans. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, local, another, you know, a local uh one not too far is uh it brew in Wangara, which is which oh is yeah quite yep. quite decent as well actually like I'm, I'm i'm sort of you know i'm trying to be fair i'm trying to like go yeah. different areas <laughs> and sort of yeah they're quite good maybe i should have started with coffee because i can i can yeah, as you can see i can talk a lot about coffee <laughs> too maybe that's the next venture mate um i don't know, i'm biased with coffee because uh, all my favorite shops are in in the swan valley and it's all you know two minutes there, from home it's all walking distance is some really good cafes yeah. in swan valley as well i just don't venture out as much as i should but um it the, you know definitely you know what yeah maybe let's let's watch this space maybe maybe there's some sort of collaboration going on here we need to we need to make happen uh sort of over time yeah. over time coffee or something <laughs> mate, that is yeah something i could get behind 
Um, <laughs> so that's good. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, I think um, that's that's pretty much it for our special Q and A episode. Um, as we said in the start. This is um, only the first Q and A episode that we're doing. We've actually received a couple, you know, plenty more questions, and we would love to keep receiving more questions. Um, we'll, we'll we'll put out a we'll put out a poll or a post or something, Justin. Yep. To try yeah, that and sounds good. Yeah, some questions um, in the near future as well, and uh, you know, we'll do this one again. I think uh, I had a blast. I hope you did too. And, uh, oh, it's been a ball. Yeah, I, I kind of enjoy the the watch related, but also some of the not watch related yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And um, yeah, we'll be back to, uh, I guess, our more regular schedule programming next week. But um, if there's uh, nothing else, I guess we'll leave it to it. Two ways, mate. Take care and enjoy your week and enjoy your coffee. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for mate. joining us on Overtime, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on our Instagrams at Overtime, the podcast, at Kinda Average Watches and at Horology Capture. We appreciate your support and value your feedback. If you have any questions, suggestions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Until next time.